following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? This is Talkin' Cowboys. Streaming live from the Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star in Frisco. First down, hand off, Elliott plowing to the goal line. Barry, sacked by Lord. Prescott keeps it, and he bangs it into the touchdown. Here are Mickey Spagnola, Brian Broaddus, Rob Phillips, and Bill Jones. It is a 40-degree morning here at the Star in Frisco, and I'm not sure what the temperature is outside the SWBC Mortgage Studios, but it is a crisp morning inside these studios, and things are going to be heated up as we get going over here over the course of the next 45 minutes. And outside on the practice fields here at the Star, the... All the equipment is out there for an outdoor practice in 40-degree weather. Yes, it is 40 degrees outside here at the Star. As the Cowboys get set to take on the Detroit Lions, Bill Jones with Mickey Spagnola and Rob Phillips. We take your phone calls, 888-855-2297, as we turn our attention to the Lions. But, Mickey, I don't think the Minnesota game goes away very quickly. No, when you lose games like that, and um, there's always, uh, you know, Sometimes I think you're better off getting beat 28 to 7 than 28 24. Ah, I don't know about that, but. Well, there's less contention. You just got your butt whipped, and that's it, right? Uh, but now when you lose close games, two two pointers and a four pointer, you find this play, that play, and this reason and that reason for getting beat, and not because you weren't good enough. The media likes it when there's contention. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> you think so? You I think, think so. so. I so, think does, so. so does talk radio, too, by uh, the way. Yep. I, but you have a point, Mick. I mean, they've lost four games this year. They've lost three by a total of eight points. And yep. when you do that, it's always a player or two here, a player or two there. And in this particular case, we're still talking about that last second-to-last drive. We're still talking about Tavon Austin's fair catch. And, um, you know, you just hope that when you get to the end of the season, those aren't the things you look at and say, oh, if we'd done something different here, maybe we'd have a different result of our season. Sort of like last year when you probably won about three or four games by that margin of points, but it wasn't talked about because you won. And when they went 7-1 and last year, that last eight games, it was like, well, they blew everybody out. But the, you know... The, the the honest part of it is they beat Atlanta by three points. They had a last uh, late fourth quarter drive to beat Philadelphia the first time. They beat Philadelphia the second time in overtime, by the way. Uh, they had a close call with Washington, if I remember correctly. Uh, but because you won, you beat everybody handedly. Uh, when you lose and you lose close, then it becomes an issue. And Troy Aikman spoke to that on local radio this this week as well. And, you know, for what it's worth, Troy didn't seem too bothered by the play calling at the on that drive in question. But when you lose, you all I mean, it's fair game. You can open it up and say we should have done this, maybe done this, you know, and but you gotta live with it. So Yeah. On to Detroit. But no one brings up the second to the last possession when they threw the ball. You have. Should you have, bring it up, Mickey. Should they have you run have it? You have brought it up. Mickey's yes. banging that drum, man. <laughs> well, should they have He's run banging it? banging that drum. Should they have run it, that possession? If it worked, sure. Yeah, yeah, right? Same thing with the last possession. 
And then what I get, and I got a text from a friend this morning, that how come they didn't challenge the pass interference in the end zone? And on that's Witten? another one, yeah. But I, I mean, and, theoretically, and I, sure, they could have. You're yeah, going to lose. And they would have lost a timeout. I think the league has yeah. demonstrated that it, the very high bar to get those overturned. Yeah. It's got to be Ram Saints. Yep. Yeah. And of as of last week, the rate of that of a pass interference challenge being overturned, it was 91% against. Mm. Five out of 53 pass interference challenges the first nine, ten weeks of the season. This was, again, a stat that was out there last week. Only five out of 53 times was it overturned. Which is and, why and, they, and the going rate around the league on coach challenges, they are usually successful 46% of the time. So they might as well just get rid of the rule, and then there would be no discussion about you should have challenged it because it's 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 worthless basically. Mm-hmm. It didn't even cross my mind to challenge it because because of now now had the officials been overturning pass interference challenges then great but it's they've they've proven and in that stadium they've proven it too it's they're not getting that call and the you bar, need those timeouts at the end of the game right and that's and that ends up being the determining factor not if I'm right to challenge this but. If they're not going to overturn it, then I just blew a timeout, and I'm behind, and I'm going to need all three timeouts. Yep. So, uh, and by the way, I was you're talking about close games, and so I was going back to the '90s and the Super Bowl teams of the '90s. And in hindsight, we think of oh, they just rolled through. I think of this a lot of times that oh, yeah. What great teams those were in 92, 93, and 95. They rolled through, and we forget the fact that there were a lot of close games during those Super Bowl seasons. And, but but it's your ability to win those close games that makes you a championship team. Right, and you have to be good enough to exactly. do it. Exactly, And that's sometimes right. you're not. Yeah, you have and to give, that's the bottom line. You have to give Minnesota credit for what they did. Their game plan and their personnel – it was better on that day. They got off to a better start, and they were able to withstand a run by Dallas. Uh, but I think Jason Garrett had a stat earlier in the season. You know, two-thirds of games are within one score in the fourth quarter. That's just the life in this league. You know, you're not going to have many games like you had first three weeks of the season where you're just dominating. And these things eventually even themselves out. You win a lot of close games last year or this year, well, you're going to lose a few. They just kind of even so, out. So which is it? Does it even dominating. out? Yeah, so which is it? Does, it? does it even out, or does it matter that you're a good team and you win those games? Well, because of, so is this team – do you think this team is not better than last year's team? I, I thought it was coming in, right? but every year is different. I mean – The record says so at this point. With Amari Cooper, the record says they are better. Against superior competition, they haven't shown it yet. They've been competitive against those teams, but they haven't shown it in the final score. But they still have opportunities to show it. They, Just like a at, lot at this of, point last year, we were sitting here going, all right, the top 10 draft pick. You know, well, this yeah. time last year, they traded away that draft pick. Okay, yep. there's your risk. And, and what happened? They basically almost ran the table the last half of the season. I think and Todd they, Archer from ESPN had a stat. The final seven opponents, it's like a 32-20-1 record. You know, they're going to be tested down the stretch here. They know it. And they're in a four-game stretch right now against uh, four teams that uh, have going into last weekend were 23-10-1. The one team that did not have a winning record out of those four, the Detroit Lions, who are now, after losing to the Bears without Matthew Stafford, 3-5-1 on the season. But you want to talk about close games? 
Look at what the Detroit Lions have done this season. And you talk about uh, games that are uh, within one score of going the other way in the fourth quarter. Every single one of their games has been within one score at uh, some point in the fourth quarter. Seven, okay, they played nine games. Eight of the nine games have been decided by a touchdown or less. Yeah, yeah. Against some pretty good teams, too. I mean, um, you know, Philly's got a winning record. Kansas City with Mahomes, I believe. Green Bay lost by a point. So, yeah, but their defense has not been the same. Did okay against the Bears last week, but it hasn't been the same the last month but, or so. But, but it is against the Bears. And, and yeah. you, you want to you, you tune in to talking Bears the last month? They're talking about Mitchell Trubisky. And... Um, so he's been a struggling Bears offense. Not the same as, yeah. as the season he had last year, that's Ex- for sure. Exactly. But you're you're talking about the Lions tied Arizona first game of the year. They win by three against the Chargers. They win by three against the Eagles. They lose by four. They played a very good game against Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes. They lost 34-30. And Matt Patricia kind of set the tone for a lot of teams, uh, the blueprint on how you defend uh, Mahomes in that game, even though Mahomes did, they did get 34 points in the game. But and then at Green Bay, they lost by one. Minnesota was the one game that they was not settled by one touchdown. It was forty-two to thirty, and it was a five-point lead with two minutes left in that game. Minnesota tacked on a, another touchdown. Uh, Giants they win by five. Oakland they lose by seven. Bears they lose by seven. You think it's going to be a tight fit in Detroit on yes. Sunday afternoon? Yeah, they all are. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the, when you when you, you you spoil everybody when you beat the Eagles thirty-seven to ten. It's like, okay, this is easy, you know? Well, I forgot about that one. That was the best game they played all year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. The most complete game. And, you know, and that shows you what they can do uh, if they are on point, don't make mistakes, and don't have turnovers and, you know, convert. You know, we sit here and keep talking about, you know, third and six, the first two possessions they didn't convert. I think they ended up, what, 60% third down conversions in that game? Yeah. Against, and so did the Vikings. And so did the Vikings, mm-hmm. yeah. So, okay, let's go 70% or 80 You know, if you're in the 40s, you're doing really good on third-down conversions. Uh, so they converted 60%, but you didn't win, and that's the bottom line. When In the four losses, and I wrote about this yesterday, beyond third downs, beyond slow starts, offensively it's been – unable to cash in in the red zone, which is that was their problem last year more than anything because they were able to move the ball with Amari Cooper, but they didn't necessarily cash in even with Amari down the stretch as much as they'd like to. And if you look at those four losses, they're they're overall they're much better this year than they were last year. But you know, you factor in their percentages. I don't have them with me right now. It's towards the bottom of the league in those four losses. They're one of two or they're one of three, including this last game where they had, you know, didn't cash in twice in the fourth quarter. And don't that's, have that's Linehan, the difference. And don't have Linehan to blame anymore. <laughs> you know, and but for much of the first part of the season, when they were playing against lesser opposition, uh, the red zone percentage was amongst the tops in the league. And I'm looking it up right now. That has drifted for the Cowboys' offense. They're now 17th in the league in red zone percentage. Yeah, and a lot of the problem is inside the 10 yard line. Goal to go situations. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's 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 kind of bit them uh, several times uh, in in these losses. I need a new phone. My phone is charging right now. I'll 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 look it up from my column yesterday and, and read it 
after the first break. How about that? Okay. I've got the goal to goal and the red zone in these four Oh, losses. yeah. There you go. Because well, that, they were dead last in goal to goal last year, mm-hmm. and they've been better. They've been better. I think tied for 13th or something like that. But um, they haven't cashed in as well in these losses. All right, we're just getting started here on a Wednesday edition of Talking Cowboys. We take your phone calls and more when we come back. Essilor is a proud sponsor of the Dallas Cowboys, helping fans see more and do more with our best vision solutions. Our lens technologies reveal a world more beautiful than you can imagine. For a limited time, get the Essilor Next Gen offer. When you buy the latest generation of Transitions lenses with select Essilor lenses, you can choose a second pair of clear lenses for free with qualifying frame purchases. Restrictions apply. Find a participating eye care professional by visiting EssilorUSA.com. Essilor. See more. Do more. Ready? Okay. Give Give me an S. S. Give me an O. O. Give me an S. S. Give me an O. O. What's that spell? So-so. Are we going to win? Not if we play like we cheer. Just okay is not okay. Whether it's cheerleaders or your wireless network, AT&T is America's best wireless network. Best network based on GWS1 score September 2019. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black? Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks. Free shipping! Do you want the most interesting, up-to-the-minute Dallas Cowboys news straight from the star in Frisco? How about exclusive and on-command? That's right, news and nuggets you can't find anywhere else. With our exclusive Cowboys content on Alexa, you can have all the answers, secrets, stories, and more. What's Stephen Jones thinking during a game? What's Joe Looney's favorite pregame meal? We take your questions to Cowboys players and coaches, and you can hear the answers directly back to you. Just say Alexa, open Dallas. Cowboys. I'm Jay Novacek, former tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. Back in the day, I was the guy who always got the tough yards, and that's why I run with John Deere today. In fact, I have a John Deere 3025E tractor that can handle any yard work I need to do, even the tough yards way out back. So if you have one acre or a thousand, John Deere has the equipment that's just right for you. Visit a John Deere dealer today and run with us. We are the official tractor provider of your Dallas Cowboys. Back to Talking Cowboys. Join us at another official Dallas Cowboys watch party presented by AT&T on Sunday, November 24th. That's one week from Sunday. Enjoy a festive game day atmosphere on Tostitos Championship Plaza at the Star as the Cowboys take on the New England Patriots at the 325 kickoff that Sunday on the 24th. Admission and parking are free. Visit thestarinfrisco.com for details. Great place to watch a Cowboys game with other Cowboys fans, and there'll be a lot going on as well as uh, Christmas at the Star kicks off that weekend as well. I might as well do that read as well as the Cowboys will host the third annual Christmas at the Star presented by Albertsons and Tom Thumb from November 22nd through December 21st. So that starts a week from 
Friday on the 22nd. It's at the Star in Frisco and enjoys, and you can enjoy free family-friendly events throughout the holiday season, including the Christmas Spectacular presented by Albertsons and Tom Thumb and the opportunity to take a photo with Santa Claus. For more information, visit thestarinfrisco.com. All right. Jason Garrett at a press conference before. Or you want? Do you have your numbers there, Rob? Yeah, just real okay. quick. Red zone this year, overall fifty-eight percent. That's seventeenth in the league. Goal to goal, they're seventy-one percent. That's tied for thirteenth in the four losses that they have. They're down to forty-one percent in the red zone and only sixty-six percent in goal to goal. If you if you put that out over an entire season, that's twenty-seventh and twentieth in the league. That's just not. That's back kind of to where they were last year, and that's that, that's a huge part of why they're you know slow starts is definitely a problem. But it you know it's throughout the game they haven't quite cashed in like they need to. So yep. so in the wins, I'm looking at the goal to go situation. They were seven of eight in the losses. They're three of six. That can spell the difference between winning and losing a game, especially yep. when you lose three of them by eight points, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And then on inside the twenty. When they've won, they've been 13 of 19. When they've lost, they've been 5 of 12. So makes a difference. It does. All right, uh, before we get into so Jason maybe, Garrett's— maybe, maybe they don't know how to call plays once they get, get inside there. Sometimes they do. It's only when they win they know how to call the plays. And when they lose, they don't know how to call the plays inside. Okay, in goal-to-go situations. Let's go to Austin in Phoenix. You're first up on Talking Cowboys. Hello, Austin. Hey, what's going on, guys? So much is going on. Do I have to go to Austin to get to Phoenix? <laughs> you know what? Yeah, I'm actually from Austin. No, like, you so have to go to Phoenix to get to Austin because oh, Austin okay. is in Phoenix. Oh, boy. <laughs> so uh, I was calling today because I feel like in some ways you guys are kind of misrepresenting why fans are frustrated with this season. And I, I consider myself to be one of the more optimistic Cowboys fans that I know. And the thing about this season is, you know, there really isn't that big of a difference between average teams and really good teams. Like when you look every week, you know, throughout Vegas lines, you always see Vegas lines. You know, a team favored by three points or a team favored by, you know, less than six points. And so, you know, we keep hearing about how we've lost all these games by, you know, by single digits. But the thing is, is that we've caught all these teams at the right time. You know, you you go through a grind of an NFL season and. Some of it is about getting lucky. Some of it is about catching a team at the right time. And, like, I couldn't imagine what it would have been like if we had faced the Saints without Dak Prescott or if we had faced the Packers without Amari Cooper or if we had faced the Vikings without Amari Cooper and Demarcus Lawrence. So it's just the fact that we couldn't have taken advantage of two of those games or at least one of those games, it just it just makes you realize that this is an average football team or slightly above average football team. And I guess that's what's really hard to kind of come to terms with. Well, how about, con- how about conversely, what if you had faced the Packers or the Jets with your two starting tackles and your starting wide, two starting wide receivers? Well, I mean, that's one of the worst teams in the league. When you look at teams like the San Francisco 49ers, you know, they have been without their two starting tackles for the last, Three or four weeks, and you know, but but you, you started this. But you started. But you started this saying that, that there's not much difference in the teams in the league. No, but between the average teams and the good teams, there's a big difference between the, the bad teams. Oh, the okay, okay. Well, I mean, think about it. Like you know, there, there's not much there's difference reason. in the teams in the league. If you if you don't no, have your not. two starting wide receivers and your two tackle, it's not an excuse. Every team goes through this stuff, but and, and it was a 24-22 game. But it happens in the league. 
I mean, just it's to your point. I'm agreeing with you, but you got to include the Jets in that. I mean, every every team is like that. The Dolphins won two straight games. How that happened? That's that's fine. I, I get what you're saying, but I guess I just feel like if you are actually a good team and you are more than a slightly above average team. Like you, we are right. Yeah, now. It, but it just seems like you take right, advantage. Right, but is anybody disputing that? I mean, I think I just said a few minutes ago they haven't shown against the better teams that they can win consistently. I mean, they they beat a five and four Philly team, but they haven't. And and I think I think the Jets game is a missed opportunity despite the injuries that they had. I think you still expect you'd win that game. Um, but I but they still that is what's you know frustrating for fans. I'm sure is that the Philly game at home showed the potential of this team. And there just hasn't been necessarily the consistency that you want game to game. Especially, and we're only going to get tougher, tougher games the rest of the season. So we kind of, you know, we kind of missed our chance to, to gain some ground on some of these really good teams in the NFC. You know, I guess that's my good thing. But we actually we don't know that we're going to have, have tougher games because look where the Rams are going with their season right now. Look where the that's Bears fair. are going with their season right that's now. As, as the season that's began, fair. we thought that the Bears and the Rams. Yeah, you know, what a tough second half schedule that is. But you, but that doesn't mean that they aren't fully capable of beating this Cowboys team because this Cowboys team is five and four right now. Just as you said, Austin, they are an average to above average team, and their record indicates that because they haven't had that consistency to put away opponents. And I'm and I'm I've never been someone that's been as critical as most about Jason Garrett because I do think he's a lot better than most people will give him credit for. But I have finally kind of come to the realization this year that, you know, he is kind of just a slightly above-average head coach, and he will probably get another job, you know, if and probably when we let him go after this year, whether that's in college or in the pros. But it's just, you know, it, it just it just seems like we have a window of talent that we can take advantage of, and it just just seems like we're really squandering it. And that, that, that's all. That's all I'm saying. Beautiful. All right, that's Austin. Fair. I think that's we appreciate a, it. I think that's a really practical way of illustrating how fans feel, and because we get a lot more of the angry crowd on Twitter. You know? He didn't cuss at me. Yeah. <laughs> he's not wrong in a lot of what he said. Oh yeah, I don't no. think he's wrong. No. Um, but the bottom line right now is the Cowboys are five and four. They're tied for first in the East. And there's only two teams not leading a division in the NFC that have fewer losses than the Cowboys. The Vikings have three, and Seattle has two. Yeah, but I think probably what he would say to that, I'm going to speak for him, right. is that you're five and four, and you feel like you've missed a couple opportunities, and it is approaching a point where it's going to be difficult to do to get in unless you win your division. You know well, these, you don't these know teams. That. That, so you don't know it, but these teams. The Vikings aren't going to lose two or three more games. I'm saying that. Well, I guess more specifically, what I'm saying is those top two seeds, a buy in a playoff, is getting harder to accomplish at this point when you've got a couple teams with eight wins and you've got five. Oh, you know. Well, yeah. And, and that's that's to try to make a run in the playoffs. Boy, you'd love to have that. You know. And well, just got to get in. You do have to just get in, and every and you're right, Mick. Everything is in front of them. I still. mean, what was mm-hmm. what was their record after nine games last year? Four and five. Yeah, is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I well, I said last segment they're they're better team, I think, than they were last year, but I don't feel like they they would say they haven't felt like they've played their best football on a consistent basis. This well, year. no, I was obviously not. But uh, but it goes back to my point. 
Sometimes you win those close games, and sometimes you lose those close games. They did win a lot of close games last year. All right, for those who did not hear Jason Garrett's press conference today, what happened during Jason Garrett's press conference today? What's your take from it? Go ahead, Mick. Well, it sounds like um, folks think he misrepresented what they told Tavon Austin on that last punt return uh, that he immediately called a fair catch. And if I remember correctly, yesterday, Jason said they miscommunicated uh, what they were trying to get done. In, in his mind, what they wanted to get done was don't catch the punt and run around for a long period of time. If you don't have that, we can't waste 17 seconds. If you don't have that call, fair catch. That was what was in their minds. And evidently, the chain of communication got to Tavon before he went out on the field to call a fair catch. And so that's why you saw the ball was barely off the punter's foot and he was waving for a fair catch when in reality you looked at it and he probably could have gained 20 yards. And I thought that's what Jason said even after the game about it. And yesterday I'm getting mixed up which press conference it was. I think right. in two press conferences he basically said it was on the coaches needed to communicate better to the player. And explain it that way that if you have if you can go north south and get in, in a limited amount of time get as much yardage as you can but err on the side of fair catching right if err on the side of caution right yep, right yep. and you know and Tavon said it uh, somebody got a hold of him Monday in our limited time in the locker room and he basically said yeah I was told to fair catch it so so I, he did what he was supposed to do in his in know, his mind yeah yes. well just period, well, my, because that's what somebody told him apparently but it was okay. a chain of command from but but what what should have been communicated to him was if you've got 20 yards of real yeah. estate in front of you take what they give you basically right right, yeah. right. exactly and so that that's where the communication and i think lacked, what happened out there and i think it started on talk radio that they were basically calling jason a liar that he was throwing Tavon under the bus, which I don't think that's what happened. I didn't that, hear that, that in was, the press yeah, conference. That was not, you know, that was not the intention. Right. And it's just unfortunate because he gets out there quickly for the return, and like you said, chain of command wasn't there. And, boy, if you go back and you watch it, we mentioned it yesterday, he might have wound up at the 30, 25-yard line, and all of a sudden you can call a play, you can get to something mm-hmm. that is beyond a Hail Mary, you mm-hmm. know, maybe twice. So... Although Jason, Jason did make a good point, but I don't know if guys actually see that when they're running upfield to cover a punt that the guy already called a, called a fair catch, so there's no sense me running hard. Yeah. Because but, I'm thinking they tell you to run hard because he might drop the ball, right? But one of the things on it, when you've got their gunners in tight and they're protecting against a block, I mean, that should be an indicator that there's not going to be anybody that's close right, to, to right. me when I'm catching this punt, you know? And so whoever was the last person to relay, you know, call a fair catch, when they saw no gunners, they should have been yelling at him. I'm surprised they punted to him. Well, I am too. I mean, well, I'm sure the punter's trying to get it out of there as quickly as he can, but punt it, you know, just like a, a kickoff, a coffin corner kick, you know, punt it to the sideline. Straight out of bounds? Yeah, well, you want to get some depth on it, but... Well, <laughs> but not still, straight I mean, out of bounds, but you yeah, angle it. Right, yeah. At angle least it. get it inside the numbers. Mm-hmm. Or outside the numbers, I guess, what I mean. And I think Tavon was, he was lined up near the Cowboys' sideline. I mean, that's where he caught it, and so punt it away from him, mm-hmm. you know? Yep. 
So, all right, we're going to take more phone calls, continue on talking Cowboys in just a moment. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Want to show your Texas and team pride, too? You can. By purchasing your own Stetson, you can look just like how the flag guys do on field at every home game. Stetson hats, the official crown of all self-respecting Cowboys and your favorite football team. Get yours today in the Stadium Pro Shop or at Stetson.com. Just okay is not okay. Whether it's cheerleaders or your wireless network, AT&T is America's best wireless network. Best network based on GWS1 score September 2019. Essilor is a proud sponsor of the Dallas Cowboys, helping fans see more and do more with our best vision solutions. Our lens technologies reveal a world more beautiful than you can imagine. For a limited time, get the Essilor Next Gen offer. When you buy the latest generation of Transitions lenses with select Essilor lenses, you can choose a second pair of clear lenses for free with qualifying frame purchases. Restrictions apply. Find a participating eye care professional by visiting Essilor US Essilor. See more, do more. So, you're shopping, and that's when you see it. Aisle 23. Dr. Pepper stacked from top to bottom as far as the eye can see. The phrase too good to be true comes to mind, yet there it is. A rich, delicious Dr. Pepper paradise. Wait, did, did that can of Dr. Pepper just open itself for you? They all are. As if to say, so nice to treat you. And even though it feels weird to talk to a can, you pick one up and say... It's so nice to be treated. Dr. Pepper, so nice to treat you. Back to Talking Cowboys. I think it's my turn, isn't it? It is your turn, Mickey. Well, guess what? Oh, let me think. Is winter cracking you up and drying you out? Well, you need to go to getjackblack.com because now's the time to prep against dry chap winter skin. You get free Winter Warriors with your $65 plus purchase. You get nourishing oil along with Dry Erase Ultra Calming Face Cream. Use the code WINNER and shop now at GetJackBlack.com. Very nice. Nicely done there, Mickey. I don't know if I could have written that little promo better myself. You delivered it flawlessly, too. Cracking you up, huh? what those reads do for me every day. That's what's, exactly what's my dose every Glad day. Glad I can do a public service to everybody. All right, let's go to James in California. You're next up on Talking Cowboys. James. Hey, guys. Good good morning to you guys. How are you guys doing? Great. Good. All right, good to hear. Um, I think I need to send you guys a check because you guys are like my therapy session. Mm-hmm. Because I felt lost like that. It's kind of hard to get over. So you need, like... Guys, to talk around and uh, trying to get over this, but um, one cowboy's <laughs> way, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> but I gotta, I gotta ask you guys to at least hold the coaching staff their feet to the fire because you guys have access to them. Dude, I mean, I don't understand it how um, the defensive back coach, I guess, is Chris Richard how he doesn't teach his guys to look back for the football, to make a play on the ball. They never do. Like, I don't get it. 
Like, what are they teaching them how to cover? It makes absolutely no sense. I've never seen a linebacker overrun the play as much as Jalen does. It's it's beyond me for him to be a captain and to to be as uh, supposed to be a, a great linebacker. I don't I don't see that. Um, so I'll just hang up and listen to you guys take on that. Okay, thanks, James. You know uh, these back shoulder throws started becoming very prevalent. How long ago? Within the last ten years, maybe less than that. With Dez. Well, yeah. But, yeah. I mean, around the league, the back shoulder fades became prevalent, okay? And I think uh, secondary coaches had to change their way of teaching how to defend. And because if you turn on a back shoulder fade, if you turn back towards a quarterback, you're, you got no chance. That's what an old secondary coach told me. And the old secondary coach specifically texted me when the – Cowboys gave up the back shoulder fade to Aaron Rodgers in that Packers game a Jordan couple of years Lewis. ago. We talked Jordan about Lewis. it on the show that's recently. Right. Yeah. 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 That's and the coaching point, right? Yeah. So and, yeah. Don't, and, call, and, don't call Camp over. <laughs> we love camps. The reason the reason I don't I didn't mention him by name is because there's some people because he was five and eleven three straight years as the head coach. They said, "Well, that's Campo, but okay. he's a damn good he defensive a, back." Coach. Exactly, that's exactly right. He's got some rings. And he texted me and said, "They got to teach him how to defend that." As soon as he turned and looked back, he was beat. And you recall on that one. They, they twice they threw to that corner, and first it was wasn't a back shoulder; it was a fade in front of the receiver. And Jordan Lewis looked back at the quarterback. Okay, Rogers, as Campo said, soon as Rogers saw that, he knew how hit that what technique he was going to use, and he hit that back shoulder fade, and Jordan turned around. What so there's I think what has happened in the league where it's being coached that way. And, um, you know, we need to, we probably ought to have Campo on and have him explain it because I can't do it justice. But that's, that's one of the reasons why it's being defended that way. Well, one of, one of the things they're doing, and they're obviously teaching it, is to keep your eye on the receiver's hands. And mm-hmm. when his hands go up, yours go up, and then you'll see the ball. Uh, and, and, and that's kind of what they're doing now. You're exactly right. As far as his other question, I think it was about overrunning plays. We talked about that a little bit yesterday, how on those screens in particular, you know, you're trying to get up the field and you can get caught out of caught out of place there. And they've got to be mindful of that. You know, teams will probably continue to try to do that. And if it is Jeff Driscoll this week at quarterback for the Lions, that's a guy that's a mobile quarterback. He was a leading rusher the other day. And you you're just watching the game back against the Bears, he brings a little bit of a different element than uh, Matt Stafford does. I think obviously they like Stafford in there, but that's his scrambling ability is something they've got to be mindful of in this game as well if things break down. Says a lot about the Lions' running game too, and the quarterback is. Yeah, uh, and they and lost Carry on Johnson. They lost Johnson. They, yeah, they, yeah they've, they've got. They've a, tried to to commit more of themselves to the run, but they don't have enough there. They've tried Ty Johnson, their rookie. Um, has has looked good in spurts. He got hurt in the game with a concussion. Um, so J.D. McKissick got 58 snaps. They converted running back. Yeah, and yeah, and yeah, they haven't gone out and tried to acquire anybody to to help fix that problem. There's, and there's nobody out there right now. Yeah, Paul Perkins is the guy they picked up off the street. So so Driscoll ran for 37 yards. McKissick had 36. Yep, 
And you know, I, just watching that game back, Mick, I, he showed some good poise in that game. And I, I didn't realize that he's had about six or seven starts in the league, Driscoll has. Had a nice first drive. They just didn't convert a touchdown down, down deep. Wound up with a field goal. Um, by the way, he was a guy they coached here, Cowboys coach, at the Senior Bowl. He was on the North squad. I forgot about that. Um, so, you know. Was he the kid from, was it? La Tech. By but way, he started by his way, career. He, Florida he transferred first. from Florida. That's yeah. right. Yeah. He played well at La Tech, by the way. All right, let's go to Ray in New Orleans next up on Talking Cowboys. Hello, Ray. Hey, how you guys doing? Great. Hey, Ray. I think what gets I think what gets lost in this thing, does anybody realize that we lost to a good football team hmm. by like one play or two plays? You know, and in saying that, now you need to start winning on Sunday. Okay, so we're five and four. But I know our, our defense gave up some, some big time runs on the one drive on the I guess on the winning drive. For, for the Vikings, Kirk Cousins had to complete one third down. The rest of them were like four consecutive first downs of 10 plus yards. That's, that's a concern. But if we find a way to pass the ball into the end zone and win the game, the Vikings are screaming about their defense. They couldn't stop that because at that point it would have been four touchdowns and probably over 400 yards. So all of these games are so close. Man, I don't, I think fans just start tripping out and I'm one of them. Because yeah, my, my heart was in my chest. On the fourth down call, Mickey, that's the only one I have a problem with. And, and I'm going to ask you this question here in a minute, but or here in a couple of seconds, but the, the only problem I have a, 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 call, a problem with, the only call, I guess, is the fourth down call and maybe the 57-yard field goal in the beginning of the game. What did you, so want, him, what you, did you want him to do on fourth down? Run the ball? Well, maybe not go. Maybe not go. And I, and I don't have the luxury of watching the All-22, so I'm just a fan watching it from TV. I just didn't want them to go to Zeke, maybe on that out. Well, they, I, maybe, yeah, maybe. they doubled Amari. Amari got doubled on that play, and they okay. they did have Cobb inside, you know. But he, Dak looked at Amari. I think we broke it down yesterday, right? Look, right. he glanced at Amari, and then he went left and went to Zeke. Try, so try it's the not okay, like I missed, I it's not like yeah, it's not like they said, okay, we're throwing this ball to Zeke no matter what. That was Dak's decision. They called a pass play, and he's got okay. to read his coverages. And when he read the coverage, it was like, okay, I don't have Amari here. I'm going left. All right? Okay. That, he should have hung, yeah, hung, hung in a little longer, and Cobb eventually broke open. But there was another factor there, but he never looked back to the right. He was getting pressure from the left. Mm-hmm. He got the ball off just in time because he was getting ready to get hit. Yeah, and you know what, Mick? So don't think, I, I hear you. don't think because of what they do, that was the play. They don't get in the huddle and say, okay, Zeke, go out, I'm throwing to you. That's not that's yeah, not I the call, you. all right? That's just like yeah, when you, when you complete a was, deep pass, it's not like, okay, go deep, I'm going to throw it to you. You get past the yeah, four the other one and take you were a talking right. about was the read option play where I'm with you. I don't. I think 99 gets him if, if Dak decides to keep it. So some of that is great Minnesota defense, which was my point to begin with. We played a good football team, and they kind of shut it down. Maybe we make a different play. Like I said, when you win these close games, and that's the other thing, this team is almost the same as last year. Rob says they're a little better. I, don't, I won't disagree with that. Uh, we're, we're losing some of the close games. And because when we got to the, the – when I went to the Coliseum to the playoff game, I'm like, what the hell did we just watch with 279 yards? Well, we kind of seen a little bit of that against the Colts. So it just depends on what team. And then we shut down the Giants running back. So I think it's just about styles and matchups. But in saying that, 
we got to start this week with winning because if we're just close enough, we won't make it to the tournament. We won't make it to the playoffs. So I think we're okay. I, I see we're a good football team, Mickey, with the potential to be a great football team on against different teams and against different matches matchups. If you make one or two more plays, we're not having this conversation. And Minnesota's wondering how the heck did our pass defense get like this? Because we did we we, we scored a lot of points on them, and we gave they gave up a lot of passing yards, I should say. Okay, Ray, appreciate it. I think it. I think that's well said. I think you could say that about eight or nine teams in this conference, though. There's good teams mm-hmm. that have potential to be great and win a lot of games, depending on matchups, depending on execution. It comes down to you know how consistent you can be down to down. He he mentioned about the 57 yard field goal attempt to start the game. What what do y'all think about that? I th- I think yeah. I mean. I, I looked it up, and I think he's four of eight this year, 50-plus. It's not guaranteed, and it was a momentum shift. But, I mean, that's Jason Garrett. With He's got the pulse of his team, and he thought that that would be well within range for Brett Maher to make. And he's done it before. He didn't make it there, and it did put the defense in a bind early, you know, for that first touchdown. I was a little surprised they tried it. But it was like, then I thought, well, he's made all those 60-yarders. We're indoors, and... Well, the roof's open, but yeah, it's doors shut. It wasn't a there wasn't a wind factor there. But you know, it you know, wasn't he, so a, much that he can't make it. He just he didn't yanked hit, he it. He didn't hit it well. Yeah, he right. yanked it. Yep. You know, if you would have hit fifty-seven down the middle and you came up short, it's like okay, fine, right? But he yanked it. He's better than that. Any thought? It was fourth and six. There's no. I, I didn't yeah, thought no. no no thought of going for it on no. fourth and six at the thirty-nine. No, that's why you have him. That's one reason why you have him is because of uh, his ability for those deep kicks. What's his percentage now? Um, Should have not asked. That. I had it. I had. <laughs> yeah. He's he's fourteen of twenty. That's it. Fourteen of twenty. And how about beyond fifty? Uh, from. You know he's only tr- get this. He's only tried one 40 to 49 yard field goal. Okay, probably about beyond it. 50. Four of eight. Four of eight beyond 50. That's what you already yep. indicated yep. that. Okay. We will continue talking Cowboys tomorrow. The break is next. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about you, Cowboys?